folks. Today we're not messing around. We got one of the most in-demand guitar players on the planet, Errol Cooney. He plays for Stevie Wonder, Janet Jackson, and tons of other great artists. And he's plugging in today, right here on No Guitar Is Safe. It's brought to you by Tascam and their super cool new Mixcast 4 podcast workstation. This thing does it all. Records, has sound effects, four channels, four headphone inputs. You can have any kind of podcast party and record it. How did I live without this thing for the last 151 episodes? I don't know, but let's start the show. No guitar is safe. Come on and play this guitar. That's Layla Hathaway. And the guitar player she wants to hear on this live recording is Errol Cooney, of course. Song is called Forever, For Always, For Love. You just keep listening to this. Listen to how he takes that solo from zero to infinity and beyond. Man, that's how you build a solo. My name is Jude Gold, and I am so thrilled to have Errol plugging in today. We're going to go over to his garage with the, all the doors open. Birds will be chirping. And I can't thank Tascam enough. You really got to check out the Mixcast 4. This box is so hip. It's got four dual XLR inputs with a combined quarter inch input, scrape for microphones, plugging in guitars, other instruments, effects pedals, go straight in with a modeling device or plug in your drum machine. And this easy plug and play means, of course, you can pull the mix cast straight out of the box and start recording or streaming in moments. Record directly to an SD card inside the Mixcast 4. Or just go straight into your favorite software and record directly to your computer. You can even do multi-track recording on this SD card and edit them later. It's got built-in effects. And you can use EQ, compression, even reverb on your inputs. It's all in one. Broadcasting and mixcasting and podcasting. You can record it and, of course, mix it all together later. And it's got Bluetooth channels and uh, smartphone channels, so you can plug in phone calls straight into it or practice along with uh, files that are you're beaming in via Bluetooth. Jam along to tracks. Got this cool sound panel with all these uh, cool pads, colorful pads that light up, and you can hit different sound effects. Call them in on the fly. Put in your own sound effects. And it's lightweight and portable. Mixcast 4 can go anywhere with you, so you can record and stream on the fly. Really cool device. And uh, yeah, it looks like a little mixing board. I really dig it. All the faders. You're looking at eight faders and four knobs, four headphone amplifiers for each of your guests, including yourself. Badass. Thanks for listening to No Guitar Is Safe. Hope you dug Philip Sace on the last episode. So many more episodes to come. Go, Errol. Errol just crushing it. Building it sky high like I remember him doing back in the 90s at Blake's. 
had so much fun playing some Stevie Wonder tunes with him. We're going to open with a Stevie Wonder tune that was on the radio when I was just a kid buying candy at the store. This is the kind of song I'd hear in the corner store down the block. Love that stuff. So let's head over to Errol's house and get this guitar party started. Keep it alive till you're 95, y'all. Errol Cooney on guitar. Is that all right, y'all? Is that all right? Licks, Stevie Wonder. I can't believe you get to play this every night with Stevie. Yeah, Stevie Wonder, and one of my favorites, one of the many great artists that Errol Cooney has played with. Stevie, he's also Janet Jackson's guitar player, so many other great artists. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> that is such a pocket, that groove, and yeah, uh, it's great it's to be best. here today. Thanks for having us over, Errol Cooney. We're going to try to touch on all the millions of gigs that you do. So let's just play it for a second and just make sure that we're cool. And I don't want to be blasting you out. I know it's no, no, no. That's if I were to, I'll kind of ride the volume knob, I guess. For... Sounds good to me. Bendista. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah. This thing is cool. I'm finally able to bend like more than a minor third on a guitar. With I'm always worried I'm going to break something. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us what guitar you're playing today, there, Arrow. This is a uh, PRS Fiore, which is a uh, uh, Mark Letiri signature guitar that they came out with about a year ago, I think. I want to say maybe a little more yeah, than yeah. that. Yeah, I saw him playing that the other day. I was playing some funky stuff in the studio. Yeah. Pretty cool guitar. You got the humbucker and the bridge. But otherwise, it's like... Yeah, otherwise, it's a lot like a Strat, which is... I mean, I've been playing mainly Strats for years now. And, uh, yeah. But yeah, I'm just I'm kind of getting used to it. Um, I have another uh, PRS that I love, a 305 that I actually brought in to get repaired. I've had it for about ten years. I have one of those. That's a Strat scale. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Three singles. Uh huh. One of them's angled like a Strat bridge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, is is the Mark Letiri models a Strat scale too? Twenty five and a half. I I don't know. <laughs> Sorry to say. Yeah. It, it looks it looks like it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I, one of the ones, so when I took that one in to get 
repaired. They loaned me yeah. a Silver Sky for a couple weeks, and I loved that guitar. I played it on a bunch of stuff, and then they needed it back, and I went in. Yeah, a win, you know, win. Yeah, Krozniak. Krozak. Krozak. Yeah, yeah. Um, he said, uh, well, you know, when, when was the last time I gave you a guitar? And I said, well, it's been about 12 years. <laughs> and he and he went and figured it out. He, so he loaned me this one after he needed the Silver Sky back. And uh, about a week later, he said, hey, I've got your guitar fixed, but do you like that one I, I loaned you? And I said, yeah. And he said, all right, well, it's yours now. So Badass. I love yeah. it. With a maple fretboard with, a, with yep. the blackbirds. You know, like the inlays are, mm -hmm. the classic birds are black yep. and they look badass yeah dude cool we're guitar. hanging out in your garage this is killer yes <laughs> welcome now dude the last time i saw errol cooney i think was on stage with my personal favorite composer and songwriter and artist of all time stevie wonder yes i think it was concord pavilion yeah that would have and, been uh, 2007 maybe 2007 i don't know if i've really seen you since then but that's crazy i know we've yeah. talked a few times but yeah that's... yeah you know nowadays with social media <laughs> yes you know the you internet always, you feel like you're in con <laughs> in contact but really time goes by yeah it flies but, by uh, especially over the last couple of years it's, it's it's What's like, one of your favorite Stevie passages? It could be a hit song or a, or even a not. I know you played that so many years and, um, and you've recorded I, with man, him. Man, I, I like you. He's he's probably my favorite songwriter of all time. I mean, uh, uh, so I've got a lot. Um, one that I I really uh, you know I don't want to mess it up. It's a song called "Smile Please" from fulfilling this first finale. For what I mean, there's so many that I like. I I love you know. And so we could just sit here and do three hours of Stevie music, and it would not get old uh, for me. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's. Uh... But that's Sounds a great like a one. Classic jazz standard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's that something about the way those. I love, it. I love his illegal chords. Yeah, right. In a pop song, he gets like, like, how does he get it with? You can feel it all. Yeah, yeah. Is that, is that what it is? Like yeah, a... yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. You can feel it all. <laughs> All right, ready? Uh. Great. 
Yeah. What is it like when it's like the, all of a sudden Stevie Catalog? That must have been a, almost a little daunting, as much as you love him. It's like, yeah, just I mean, it, yeah. any one album, let alone forty albums. Would well, be yeah. Kinda... The, the good news about that is that he's a very easygoing guy. I mean, he he knows every single part that he ever recorded over the last sixty years, but. uh but he doesn't necessarily remember every single lyric or everything, and and he just he really loves jamming more than anything. Yeah. Um. I'm when I when I auditioned, which was 2007. Uh, I remember we went in and the band was there. He didn't show up until the third or fourth day, and we were just basically going through the catalog. And I knew, you know, certainly all the the hit songs, and I had grown up with it. My parents were huge Stevie Wonder fans. My yeah. brothers, my older brothers. And I was in a Stevie Wonder cover band in the Bay Area in the late 90s called, uh, was it Wonderland? You know, I think I subbed for you once in that, yeah. Did you? Yeah, with Dave Flores on drums. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Dave Flores, Chad Wagner playing keyboard. Well, that's good for you, man. (laughs) Yeah, so that helped, the fact that I had done that. But uh, but, um, it was still daunting. I mean, you know, you're talking about five or six hundred songs. And and once he showed up to the audition, we did not play hardly any of his known songs he really just wanted to to jam we played giant steps a million different ways and we played some of his old unreleased stuff and i think really he wanted to see how i adapted to him just kind of being all yeah. over the place and said oh, okay i'm gonna play this what are you and you know how quickly i could pick stuff up and there were other yeah. people auditioning for other instruments too so right because that was his first tour in a while right yeah yeah his first big tour i think in 10 years or something uh-huh. so putting the band back together yeah yeah but uh what was your first night like with on stage it was i, I was extremely nervous and it was i was in san diego what's that outdoor venue it's kind of in a hotel almost See, the first tour we did was smaller places mm-hmm. we played the mountain winery up north and Harvey's and love the mountain winery, but they're like cut off at 10. They have like decibel limits, yeah, yeah. That, I, I vaguely remember that being a nightmare. <laughs> it's a beautiful place, though, but it's a beautiful place to play. I've never and... actually played there, but I mm-hmm. know a lot, yeah. But that, that first one, so so we went out there and we played not one song that we had rehearsed, not one. Classic. He just he just went through about two, two and a half hours straight of just him just pulling out song after song. And I knew I knew probably about seventy five to eighty percent of the stuff he was yeah. doing by heart. Um, but he wasn't playing them exactly like the record, and he was yeah. all over the place. But there was this magic, you know. I mean, I remember at one point I looked around and he was crying, and his daughter was singing background. She was crying. The drummer was crying. I started crying. It was this kind of magical feeling, and that music, you know, has a yeah. has a special place I think for all of us. But you know. <laughs> It's the best. You know, I guess him him coming from not touring for a long time. His mother had recently passed away, and this was his first time touring with his daughter Aisha singing background, yeah. who is the baby on uh, oh, on yeah. uh, uh, you know, this song. Yeah, that one. <laughs> Isn't she lovely? That's the name of the song. You know, I'm terrible yeah. with titles. She is the one in the beginning of that recording. <laughs>
I think this I got a tune too. This guitar is like drifting or something. Come on, G-string. Me too. It's my G-string. It's this room. Doesn't. <laughs> There's a gravitational pull. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. So many great What's your biggest challenge? See, you've been doing the gig for three or four years or whatever. How long did you do it for? Five years or something? Uh, well, I just did a gig with them last year. You're so that, still doing the gig. Yeah, I mean, not. I I, I left. I the last big tour I did was 2015. Yeah, uh, Songs in the Key of Life tour. Incredible. So we played the whole album. First, we were just playing the whole album. Then he'd do one or two songs afterwards, and then the uh, the encore kept getting longer and longer. So mm -hmm. by by I guess it was you know maybe the thirty the city the second leg we were doing the show I think was about <laughs> three hours and then the encore was about two hours so, so it was we just were up the there intermission and then the yeah second so half we of do the show. so we do the first half of the album intermission second half of the show walk off come back on and then do about an hour and a half yeah. encore of all you know his his other hit songs so once you had a, a firmer footing on the gig and everything what became like your biggest challenge every now like what would you have like what would be your most challenging aspect. Something you, uh, something you aim for or, or some part of the set or I mean I still I mean like like so I mean there's a contusion you know that song yeah yeah that that I'll leg right there it. <laughs> uh, it's uh, yeah so the, that yeah. that's a challenge and I and I actually one of the things I'm proud of that I added for fun because i mean you know as as you yeah. know you do gigs pop gigs and all kinds of gigs sometimes there's not really a part for everybody in the original song so you got to make something up yeah so we had two guitar players and and there are two guitar parts in that there's a rhythm part and the other thing but we both kind of wanted to play the lead thing and, and it sounds cool with two people playing it so we would play it double and then i i, I added a harmony part to it um and uh that was pretty hard too, but actually playing yeah. the harmony part was easier than playing the actual part for me. I wish I could play the rest uh, of it for you, but that's a brutal song. I it's yeah. it's a pretty brutal song. It's on my hit list. <laughs> yeah.
I noticed like it was kind of when I saw Stevie at the pavilion, it was almost kind of old school the way you had the band set up. Like you guys kind of each had your own like podium or where you kind of had your own spot. It wasn't like a show where you're running around the stage wireless or. No. Yeah. yeah. There's very little. I mean, uh, eventually they started adding visual stuff like on screens. But, you know, I mean, it's it's really all about the, all about music. the music. Yeah. I mean, there's some cool lighting yeah. stuff going on that. uh got better as i was there i mean again he hadn't toured in yeah. 10 years and uh you know it was really cool to be a part of that the coming coming back to that and being around <laughs> phenomenal gig for okay, all this one. years i just love it man you just know this shit Down here, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I know I love illegal chords. Even the Beatles had illegal chords. That's what people forget. Yeah, I, I never heard the term illegal chord until I mean, today. It's like, I like you, it. you think it's a pop? And I'm talking about like some that's like a pop radio hit that has that has a chord that like that. That just a surprise chord. A surprise chord, and it's funny because I don't know yeah. if you had this experience, but when when you're young and you hear that stuff, of course you don't think to yourself like, oh, that's weird. It just yeah. seems like the right thing, and it, it is the right so thing. Perfect. Yeah. It's so perfect for what it is. Yeah, major seven right there. Yeah. I, and perfect. then he goes into the here. You play for us. Thank you. 
we have time to go through every amazing gig and song you've got to play in your life. Yeah. Let's start off real quickly, though. So your parents were um, actors, or they're in theater? Yeah, yeah, they're both they're they're both actors. My mom actually stopped when I was fairly young and started writing children's books when I was about six or seven years old. But my dad still acts. That's how I ended up in L.A. So I'm I'm originally from Houston. And um, around the time I was two, my dad quit his day job at Brown and Root to go on tour with a, a show called The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. And my mom was in the chorus, so they were both working in the same show. And so we toured with that show for three years, I think. So from yeah. when I was two to when I was five. And then moved back to Houston for a little while, then moved to New yeah. York. Uh, so my dad could pursue, you know, Broadway and started, he started working in movies there and, uh, commercials and TV and, uh, did another tour when I was in eighth grade called M Butterfly that landed us in LA, went to high school in that. LA and after high school moved to the Bay area and I was yeah, there what for part of LA years. did you go to high school? I graduated from Grant high school now, did you're in the Valley, in the Valley. So. Did you pick up anything from their perf- – I mean, you just take like a duck to water to very challenging gigs and to a lot of limelight. Did you pick up anything or is it all purely subconscious? Well, uh, uh, well, my, well they both – so they were in musicals. My mom played piano. My dad sang. They both sang. They both sing yeah. all the time. Um, and both my brothers played guitar. Both my older brothers played guitar uh-huh. and sang too. And actually, I remember, I you know, this is – a story I've told a million times. I, I I always you know looked up to my two older brothers. They're quite a bit older, five and seven years older. Michael and Brian. They had bands in high school when I lived in New York. We were in uh, Westchester County, New York, and they did uh, the Battle of the Bands at their high school, John F. Kennedy High School. And I remember being ten, eleven years old and going to see them. This is in the you know mid '80s, late '80s, mm-hmm. and they would get up, they got up there with their band and they started playing. And all these girls got up and started <laughs> screaming, and uh, and they won. They won four years in a row. Uh, my older, my oldest brother won two years, and then my middle brother Brian won two years. And I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta do this for a living. So I picked it up from them and from you know the guitar players that were playing with them. Uh, it's interesting. Sometimes I feel like the younger brother has an advantage because you're getting free guitar lessons basically by osmosis or literally getting yeah, literal yeah. tips. From like age eight, so you got yeah, yeah. No, by the that time was, you're sixteen. Yeah, I, I, they started. I, I think they started playing guitar when they were in seventh and eighth grade. I started sixth or seventh grade, but yeah. I was around it, and they had oh, yeah. the guitars were around the house. I was always trying to play them, and yeah, uh, yeah having them around as you know, free, uh, free teachers, and also just you know. Yeah. Just, are they ever just like, do they work professionally like you? Or are they just like, no, they're they, just like, they, damn, dude, you kind of ran with that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they both still play and they both sing. They're both way better singers than I am. But uh, they still they still play. Whenever we get together, we always play and sing stuff together. And uh, But yeah, they, uh, they occasionally talk about, you know, uh, wanting to beat me with pipes because where, where, where I've taken it. I don't know if you want to include that other thing, but yeah, that's uh, they, they. You know, there's they're they've all been very supportive of me from the beginning. I, I mean, for obvious reasons, yeah. they're all into it themselves. All my whole family. And what was the first lick that you really enjoyed playing that you played that you really loved? Uh, 
<laughs> yeah. I remember learning that one. Yeah. That was probably when I was I still don't know where one is on that, but... I, I don't either. I, it doesn't I matter. It. I don't know <laughs> if they do. Matter. Yeah, I don't know. Once it, once the drum beat kicks in, it kind of makes sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> that is a magical album side. I remember listening to that on vinyl once in the seventh grade, like 10 times in a row with headphones. Just like the... Oh, yeah. That whole, the whole... The whole side one or whatever. Stereo Heaven at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Battle yeah, of yeah. Evermore. <laughs> yes, that's an interesting beautiful one. fucking album side. So uh, and that's that's the beginning of the second side. I mean the oh, whole the whole, whole thing, the whole record. Levy breaks? Are you kidding yeah, me? I uh, mean, yeah, yeah. I I listened to that album over all the Zeppelin stuff over and over and over again. That was really kind of how I learned to play guitar. Was listening to Zeppelin and Pink Floyd. So what was your first gigging band? My first gig was at the Coconut Teaser in. Uh, in Hollywood is no longer there. Is that a strip club? It okay. sounds like it. I think I actually played there. With, you probably did. With Billy Sheehan. Really? I didn't yeah, know you and, played and, with Billy and, Sheehan. Uh, and, and Jeff Berlin and Stuart Ham. Yeah, it was oh, a my three family bass would be very excited about you playing with oh, Billy it was Sheehan. Oh, it was a tour called B Times Three, and they were the, th- it was kind of like G3, uh-huh. with, but it was bass players, and each one of them played a set, and me and John Mater were the rhythm section. You probably know John Mater. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Sure, yeah, of course you do. Awesome. Yeah, so uh, we played uh, one hour each with ever them with with each of them mm-hmm. every night. And uh, I remember before I moved to LA, we played this place called Coconut something or other on Coconut Hollywood Boulevard. Teaser. Or That's something. it. It's it's on Sunset, Sunset and yeah. Laurel Canyon. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, Jeff Berlin was excited because it was near Zanku Chicken where he used to go. <laughs> like when he lived in LA. Hey, let's go to Zanku. Zanku, there's one up the street. I'm that yeah, makes there's me a hungry. Few of them now, man. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, that was so. The name of the band was Ill Timed Conspiracy. And I, my brother came up with the name. Both my brothers were on the gig. Michael and Brian. My yeah. brother Michael played bass. Brian sang. I played guitar and sang. And my good friend, who I'm still playing with and talking to all the time, Dean Muchetti, played drums. Musetti. Yeah. I'm saying his last name wrong after I've known him 30 years. Uh, but yeah, that was the first kind of. was the first gigs I did were around there. So that was that band, and then uh, the one. That played more and more of those sunset clubs was a habitual buzz. Was the name of the other huh. group? But I met you in the Bay Area. Probably we were both in our early twenties or yeah, something. Probably so. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Moose Lethbridge yeah. and Chris Powell uh-huh. and Miguel Barrera had the Wednesday nights. Chill Factor, the Larry mm-hmm. Blakes in Berkeley. That's right. Carry your shit down the stairs. Yeah, yeah. That that was that was when I really started gigging all the time. Was when I moved up there. Uh, yeah. You know, after after a year and a half of sort of going to college, not really. Uh, yeah. at Blakes, we I played every Thursday night, opening yeah. for those guys for a long time with the Groove Junkies. That was oh, my yeah, band. Yeah. And uh, then. Uh, what was that? What was the the JFK, the Jazz Funk Connection? It was on yeah. that night on Thursday Chill nights. Factor in the JFK. That's mm-hmm. what it was. Mm-hmm. Then I started playing with. Uh, what was the gig that we shared? Harley Scott Holderby, right? Oh, did we share? Oh yeah. You yeah. did it first, and then you had a million things going on, and I started yeah, yeah, doing it after a, you left. I played a bunch of gigs with Harley. Just saw him recently. Did a um, video shoot after like. 10 years on Halloween last year. So. Really? He's <laughs> he's now back with Mordred, right? Yeah, it was with it was like. Mordred and then various side things and uh, so that's hilarious yeah oh, Harley's got a delivery I hear yeah. something this is a live action podcast La- folks <laughs> Amazon could show up right in the middle of this we're, we I hope the, it's something good we got the garage door open yeah yeah I get a little air flowing in here it can oh, be a nice get birds a chirping stuffy. yeah 
It's lovely up here. Yeah. Are you, is, are you dying of suspense? You want to go check the mailbox? No, that's okay. <laughs> I, I actually, as you know, I've become so obsessed with, you know, when my checks are coming, I actually yep. have an app that I know what mail is coming before it arrives. That's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Cell phone money. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I remember a gig with Harley. He said, hey, man, we're going to play in Tahoe. I'm like, okay. We're going to play two, three sets. Okay. <laughs> it pays, you know, whatever. Okay. 75 bucks. And he's like, and, you know, there's really not budget for hotels, so we're going to camp by the Truckee River. Like, okay. So that was the one time we did a gig. We drove up to Tahoe, played a gig summertime. Uh-huh. <laughs> then we showed up at the campsite at like one in the morning, you know, trying to find our alien. There's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, good times. Good times. But, you, you know, you ended up, of course, hooking up with Eric Smith and, and Jubu. Jubu, a.k.a. Yeah. John Smith. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know that. I knew John all the way from going back to high school. Oh, and I didn't know that. Last time I saw him was in the Atlanta airport, ran to him. Did you ago. did you go to Berkeley High? Yeah, I went to Berkeley. High. Oh, okay. I didn't. I should have known that. Yeah, yeah, man. It was like I was a junior, and mm-hmm. and someone said, "Hey, there's this new kid in jazz lab band," and I'm in jazz lab band too, but I must have like, sure, cut class that day or something because <laughs> it was the next day. I was like, they said he's pretty good. I said, mm-hmm. yeah, man, he was like Smoking. I always used to complain about the gear in that class because the amp had a broken sound to it, and the guitar was horrible. The strings ten feet off the thing mm. and crackly and, and i was like man this shit sucks i I'd play so much better if i had better gear in this class yeah and then this kid john jubu shows up and i was like i had to eat those words because he would make it just sting you know yeah yeah and he would just do illegal stuff yeah like we'd be playing four or something you know and he'd just go like he'd throw in like a like, you can't do that on a you jazz song. You can't play blues and from your heart and soul. <sighs> he, and he was just so funny, man. Eric was mostly playing drums in that on the, that year, yeah. too, that we yeah. were doing that. And yeah. uh, and John would be like, the teacher's name was Mr. Hamilton, Charles Hamilton. Oh, yeah. I, I know. I've met him. I, know, yeah. I didn't go to Berkeley High, but I know him from yeah, all those he guys. Won, he won all the big competitions with his jazz ensemble. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. I mean, all the, there's so many people that came out of there. I mean, y- yeah. you and Charlie Hunter and Jubu and Josh Redman and Thomas yeah. Pridgen. And I mean, that's, I'm spanning a lot of decades. <laughs> uh, Josh Jones. Yeah, no uh, shit. my good friend who I played with a bunch up there, Josh Jones. I, my I, good friend Ravi Abkarian. Yeah, who runs the uh, Oaktown I mean, Jazz that, Workshop. That's that's yeah. That's they've had more success than a lot of colleges, <laughs> you know, with <laughs> the, the kids that have come man. out of that school. Yeah, I, and I still think one of my best educations was playing with John. You know, Jubu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, first of all, like I was going to say, so he'd be like, "What's up, ham and eggs?" Like talking to Charles Hamlin. Mm-hmm. What's up, ham sandwich? Like how, he could get away with this shit. Mm-hmm. And then when Charles's back was turned, he'd be like playing upright bass or something, and he'd just start like making love to it, like <laughs> doing pelvic thrust on it, and gyrating, and yeah. And then Charles would turn around and he'd be acting like nothing happened. How you got away with it all? Always, you know, yeah. just the. It was just he was a class clown, and, yeah. uh, and I'm sure you can picture this. Yes, because what I'm yes, leading to is you have a band with him. Yes, legally blind. Legally, legally blind. blind. We've been playing together for a long time now, um, and yeah, we we've got music out there. Legally blind with a Y. Legally blind, B L Y N D. And uh, yeah, that's me, Jubu, his brother Eric. So uh, Eric Smith, John Smith, Chris Johnson, who plays drums, my favorite drummer. He used to be Ron Smith too. I suppose Ron Smith. Yeah, he was there for a long time. He's he was the original drummer. 
A lot of Smiths. And Carl Wheeler. Oh, man. Carl Wheeler, no doubt. Great producer. Yeah, yeah. Great I was listening to, to one tune, Why Break Mine. Now, that has a dual lead solo. Is that, is that yeah. you, and, you and Jubu? That's me and Jubu. A very sweet moment right there. Yeah, yeah. come out so far he wrote um and i mean so i mean that eric really got me my start as a professional guitar player got me on my first tour in 2001 uh was it 2000 i can't remember yeah. but it was a uh, sunshine anderson it was an r&b singer oh who, yeah one hit wonder eric uh, walls was eric walls was there before me he was yeah, yeah. and he was i think we're about the same age me and eric um, but I remember he left. 32? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 17. <laughs> Give or take. Yeah, so, but tell me, like, what's your perception of Jubu? I could talk about him all day, and he's totally invited to be on the show. I can't wait to grab him one of these years. Yeah, no, no, you, you got to corner him. Um, yeah, it's going to happen. Oh, it's yes, it is. It will. I know he's he still in Atlanta a lot. He's still in Atlanta, yeah. He lives there, but uh, he comes out here all the time. Yeah, so. Next next time he's out here, I'm I'm. I'm going oh, to uh, surprise him with you. <laughs> <laughs> Ambush but, him with uh, some microphones. Yes. But, so, yeah. so Jubi, yes. Yeah, so, I met Eric first, and we played together, and he got me playing in a quartet gospel group called the Gospel Hummingbirds from up there. And I had never heard music like that before. And Jubu played guitar on it. It was before I had met Jubu. Um and I heard it, and I was like, oh, my God, this is the missing link of music I'd never heard before. It's, it's this, you know. Show us some stuff from it. Uh, okay, so the, the one song, uh, I see another group called the, the Soul Seekers plays this song, too. Yeah. Uh, to it yeah so that's quartet gospel music which is kind of i had never heard it before that um but it's got kind of a you know it's got a church feel but it's got almost like a country kind of thing and 
you know, crazy chords and yeah, and it feels yeah. good. But I mean, and there's a lot of, you know, that's one example. Um, and I might have to take that again because I fucked it up, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's all right. We, we can keep it. It's real. It's live. <laughs> um, but so, so I had never heard music like that and that was Jubu playing it. And, um, and I met him, he came up and came and saw, because I knew Eric had told me they were starting a band. Wait, what was the name of that song? That is called Somewhere Listening. Okay, thank you. Um, and you can hear that. There's a great version of it with Jubu and uh, little Charlie Burrell. Not little, just Charlie Burrell. They're both playing guitar on it. That's the Soul Seekers came out maybe 10 or 15 years ago. Y'all feel like having some more church? Come on. Put your hands together like this. And uh, so, yeah, I met John and, and got together with him, and he said, yeah, you want to join my band? I said, well, yeah, sure, and he played me some of the stuff, and I fell in love with it, and uh, yeah, we've been doing it ever since. I, you know, Jubu is my favorite guitar player probably in the world. Um, he's, and a lot of people who know him. You yeah, know, exactly. I, you know, but more we'll, people need to know him. Yeah, I mean, um, he's a secret weapon of Frankie Beverly Mays. Yeah. He's played, he's played Whitney and yeah. all kinds of people, but well, mm-hmm. why is he your favorite? I mean, he just kind of, it, it, it's hard to describe. It's, it's, it, he, he does everything and none of it sounds forced. All of it sounds right. You yeah. know, he, it, it and it, it's just, uh, I feel like he's been here before. I feel that, that way about a few people in the world. My daughter is one of them. I feel like, eh, something tells me you've been here before. Jubu tells the story of the first time he picked up a bass. His dad played bass and had a band and he picked up a bass and the moment he picked it up this is when he's four or five years old he could play it he could play the yep. thing the moment he picked it up i believe it and i absolutely believe it just by the way he plays yeah and and eric his brother says the same thing he's like yeah you know when we were kids he just picked things up and could do them musically and eric had to work to learn how to play bass and learn how to play drums you know it took a lot more work and is you know an amazing musician and totally his own unique you know thing hell yeah but it's just interesting how, you know, there is that innate yeah. kind of thing that Jubu has. Um, yeah, and he's got a little bit of everything. You know, he can play anything, and he plays it all fluently, and it's very much his style. Of course, he's got lots of influences, but yeah. you know it's him the moment you hear him play, I feel like. Is there a moment on one of the Legally Blind songs of a guitar solo of Jubu's that, that you really like on the recordings? There's several. Like some, some you could throw <laughs> one, out. <laughs> one I really like is, uh, God, is it, is it, Why Break Mine is one you mentioned. He's got great stuff on there, but I don't know if that's, if there's a, is there a guitar solo in the recorded version? I think there is. See, again, titles I'm terrible with is this song. I think it's the name of the song, yeah. Um, and it's from that last album we released several years ago. Yeah. 
Uh, there's a guitar solo on there that I absolutely love that he played. Top dog band leaders, yeah, in town, and mm-hmm. what are some of the? He's thrown a couple of opportunities your way, which absolutely to- a ton of them. I mean, he got me on my first tour, and uh, so that was Sunshine Anderson. We played together with Layla Hathaway for years and years. Um, Mary Mary Gospel Group, and for the last seven years, he he recommended me to do uh, Janet Jackson, which I've been doing since heard 2015. Her. Yes, she's yeah. Some yeah. you know she's been around. People know her. Now we got to talk about this Janet stuff. What what's first of all? What's her production like? What's her staging? Are you still in the middle of shows right now? Or yeah, we're doing. We did a show at the Kentucky Derby about a week ago. Right, right. And then we're doing the Essence Festival and a couple other festivals throughout the summer. Um, and that's I mean, another amazing show. That's really fun to play. That. All that music, uh, you know, was produced by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. I love that and it's, shit. It's, yeah, it's really it's funky stuff, and it's and it's very Minneapolis kind of sound and stuff. It's got you know, so even w- when there's not a guitar part, the yeah. stuff is kind of like that princey kind of really fun stuff to play. And, Show us some uh, some of the moments you're talking about. Uh, I'm trying to think of one. So, uh, uh, well, there, there's the, there's that which is actually a sample from a, a Luther song. What song is that? All for you. <laughs> I love that shit. That's actually a lot like the real part. That oh, I'm just... So here's the, here's the other. Okay. So many, there's uh, uh, it's hard for me to do it out of context because her show yeah. is very, you know, show oriented. There's screens, and then you were asking about staging. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really, she's an amazing dancer. She's got yeah. incredible dancers with her. So a lot of it, like you know, it's it's we're playing to time code for the screens and the lighting and everything. It's really very yeah, pyro tied together. Pyro sometimes. The last show didn't have any, but I, yeah, I, I do. Uh, you know concussions you know that those big explosive sounds yeah. oh yeah they're so fucking loud even yeah, if you're very like jarring when you're on stage feet back let alone yeah. i can't imagine. and the timing of them is tricky too so they're always supposed to land on the one but they don't necessarily so it can throw you off a little bit when right, the loudest thing like in the world they're like off by like <clears throat> a third of a beat yes <laughs> it can be confusing uh but there's uh i mean there's you know stuff that's kind of uh, Thank you. 
That's control. Oh yeah. Play an, play an E. Three, four. I'm just guessing. I'm changing it. Yeah, I mean, there's again, so much of it is is about all the parts working together. I think, yeah, you got the bass line. Nice. I mean, I'm just (laughs) guessing from my from going back to the '80s or whatever that was. I had that cassette tape in my car that had a cassette player. But you know, it's an underrated song. Is Black Cat like that song? Oh yeah, yeah. When I say underrated, I mean like that's one of the best sounding rock songs in terms of the mix. Yeah, Jelly Bean. Yeah, that Jelly Bean Johnson. And, that, and that's uh, it's uh, the guitar player. Uh, oh, Dave Barry. Dave Barry is the lead guitar oh, player yeah. on, on the recording, and he he played. He was her musical director for a long time. I like the verse too. Where it goes. The yeah. That whole that's thing. That's so. Yeah, the drums. Yeah. 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 
I was going to go to some Stevie, but it's, uh. I hate it when people play Superstition too fast, you know. <laughs> no, that song's got to oh, be laid groove. back. So be. Is that the right tempo or is that a little slow? One click fat? I don't know. You tell me. You gotta think about the answering. Yeah, it's gotta not be too fast, man. Otherwise, it's the the booty's gone. You're funky, dude. There is superstition. Writing on the wall. There is superstition. Letters about to fall. song forever and ever too love all those jams i remember you uh called me once for to sub for guapale yeah unfortunately i couldn't do it but i really appreciated that of course yeah man well i got it's a long time ago you know and, you're always so busy but i gotta you know i gotta call, oh, call we well, we could at least get together and play more often well i mean i don't even know if i was that busy but you know how it is every gig's on a saturday it's like <laughs> what about the other six days of the week people let's book some how about a yeah, tuesday why can't we just make a clone of ourselves yeah that just does the those jobs and then you know goes away fantasia was awesome i remember uh I used to play with Latoya London, and I think they, oh, were, yeah. they were on the same year, I think, yeah, American uh, Idol. They were. They were. They were. And that's she right. And like, she actually sang 
backgrounds for Guapalite for a while before all the Americanized oh, stuff. Sweet. Um, this is Smoketown shit, folks? Yeah, yeah, man. The Bay Area people. <laughs> we still got our Bay Area phone numbers. That's Should right. That? I'm never going to get rid of it. Because... I was like, I'm sure Errol has a Beverly Hills number by now. <laughs> well, nope. as you can see, we're not exactly in Beverly Hills. But... We're on a yeah. hill. We're on a hill. We are on a hill. Very nice hill. Yes. Yeah. Other artists that you played with? Uh, it's, it's a random list. Beyonce. Beyonce, that was early on. Dave uh, Chappelle? Dave Chappelle, yeah. We, I, I've done a bunch of stuff with him. He does these things called uh, juke joints. There's been different names of them, depending on where they are. But yeah. they're basically kind of after-show events, after his stand-up shows. Um, there have been a couple that have been yeah. standalone. Uh, the first one was at this barn in his hometown in Ohio. Yellow Springs, Ohio, I believe is the name of his, the town where he lives. And he did some stuff with, during the pandemic there, but you talking yes, about he before did. that? Uh, this is starting... Yeah. The first one we did was in the middle of that Stevie tour in 2015 in Austin. And then he started doing them regularly. So it's basically, he, you know, you know, he's a... He tells these stories obviously much better than I ever will be able able to, um, or than anybody could. Well, he's one of the best storytellers. But, yeah, absolutely, brilliant guy. Um, he uh, he said, "Well, you know, it's funny." It's, he says every comedian wants to be a musician, and every musician thinks they're funny. Um, yeah. So you know, he made sense to him to put on this event. So he would bring this band in with Fred Jane as the leader, a harmonica player who I know from I can't remember I think I met him in Yellow Springs at one of Dave Chappelle's events that Guapale was playing but he also toured with Stevie always sits in with Stevie um, so it's a band it's called The Band With No Name Fred's the leader and he would do these events where he would you know jam with a band sing do some stand up there's a DJ the DJ and the band would go back and forth so that that's been a lot of fun it's been a while since I've done one of those but Christina Aguilera now. Christina Aguilera, yeah. You you uh, actually auditioned for that one. I remember yes. you telling me this story. You said it was like <laughs> watching a bunch of guitar players fall off a cliff. Yes. Not, now, what yes. was that regarding? Well, so, so we showed up. Uh, <laughs> this was right after I had done the the Disney tour, High School Musical, which was my first big oh, yeah. arena tour. That's yeah. one where Michael Jackson came to watch you guys play? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes, Bad Michael ass. came to the Vegas show. Um, and I remember it was like, you know, royalty coming in. We all came into a room and he, but he went and met each oh, person cool. individually and brought his, his kids who were young at the time. Quick side note. I played with Miguel Miggs in Hollywood in 2007 and Prince was there, but he did not come. And like, we just knew he was behind the, like his entourage in this one little booth in the I've back. I've got some good Prince stories too. <laughs> I bet uh, you did. But, uh, yes. So, it's royalty, so, but we didn't yeah. get to meet him. Yeah. Okay. Well, he, he's, he's an interesting fellow. Um, in terms of you know, and and Michael to anybody who's reached that level of fame, you got to imagine yeah. it's 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 weird, you know, because oh, everyone yeah. everyone worships you wherever you go. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. you're 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 royalty. You're like yeah. a deity, and uh, so it's always kind of interesting. Uh, but anyway, back to Christina Aguilera. Uh, so so after I'd finished that tour. I got the call to audition for her, and we showed up. You know, a bunch of a bunch of guitars coming in with their pedal boards, typically kind of dorky guitar players. You know, we're all you know, dorky. Dorky. And so the the musical director 
Rob Lewis said, okay, so we're going to work on the choreography. We want to hear you play, but we also want to see you dance. And we all laughed. We thought he was joking. Because, you know. We're going to film it. We're, yeah. We're going to show Janet later. <laughs> we're going to show everybody. <laughs> so, and, and I mean, uh, Christina. Christina. And, and yeah, you know, <clears throat> Janet, that would have been worse because she's she's quite a dancer. But, um, yeah, so, so we all got in there and we're trying to, you know, we... We don't really know the music that well. It's an audition. We got a song or two to learn, and so we're all stumbling around trying to trying to play these songs and learn the steps at the same time. So, what were the steps like? Let's show us right now. Come on, Errol. Uh, yes. Okay. Here. He's standing up. Yeah. I'm <laughs> Was doing it like a right left thing, like a James Brown, like just real simple? Yeah, very, very simple, but yeah. but specific enough so that it's not just back and forth. It's you like know, if they're... you do it wrong, you're going to bump into the person next to you and yes. take their eye out with yes. your guitar. And, and on the actual stage, I did get the gig, thank God, and I think that was. Yeah. In part due to some guitar players saying they weren't gonna be involved in the in the choreography and them not coming back to the callback, uh, but I did get the gig and there I remember there was the 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 stage had these pits in it where they would have crowd like VIP crowd members. Yeah. And if yeah if you did the step wrong you would fall into the pit. It was very dangerous. I think I think the sax player fell in at one point, but he was okay. I hope his sax was okay too. The sax, yes, you know. Yeah, Rubble. Billy Sheehan fell off the stage and broke his... He said his number one bass saved him because oh. they had moved the staircase. You know, they always have this... You're, you get used to this. You go to sound check, whatever. You go up the stairs. You know, you're used to the staircase being in that spot mm -hmm. for the night. And he went back to that staircase and it was gone. And, and he, he went right he off. He went over and oh. he used his bass to break his fall on that number well, one Yamaha. Well, that's, that th <laughs> that's what you're supposed to do because he could have broken his neck like... Yeah, he said, he's got a few backup bases. Yeah, yeah he'll so be okay. anyway, <laughs> so, you, so those guys auditioning up there, the whole room watching every other guitar player, and it was kind of it was rough. Yeah, huh? It was rough. It was rough. It was ugly, <laughs> but funny. Hey, it builds character. Yeah, I guess I don't know. I'll never <laughs> understand why they did that. But uh... and um, I remember you were saying like that that gig was cool, but like it was also like you're kind of like you know you kind of have your spot on stage. You're kind of a little. It's not like you were free to roam around or something. Of there was a, I mean, you know, I, I, I did have to go out and dance, so I was on a wireless thing. But it was a very choreographed show. There was a lot yeah. of stage moves. There's a lot of, you know, moving screens and um, yeah. mobilators, things like that. But I, I, my, on my side of the stage, I was over there with the horn players and the percussion player yeah. and the background singers. And actually, th those horn players I've, are some of my best friends still to this day. We, we play together... Uh, with the Ricky Minor band a lot. I see um, you doing so much stuff. Probably can't get into it all. Maybe Academy Awards, maybe Yeah, Grammys. the Academy Awards, that was with Adam Blackstone. That's two two guys yeah. that I have really been great for me in the last several years have been Ricky Minor and Adam Blackstone uh, doing the TV stuff. Now That's he did like the Nas tribute this year. Yeah, at the uh, at the Grammys. Eric Walls. Were you there at that no, show? No, I was doing not. Anything? You, I did you? I saw some. Maybe you did something at the Academy Awards, or was that? Last I was at the Academy Awards in, in in the orchestra. Yeah, and that yeah, was a first for me this year. Now wait, back to these uh, big arena shows. Of all these arena shows, which one is stands out for one reason or another? Like maybe the most freedom, or just the most excitement, or just? Oh, uh, there, there. I mean, there. Christina was great. It was really a great show. That was my first. Well, the, the Disney was my first, but it was you know the music wasn't necessarily the most fun to play you know it was really yeah. cool and those places were totally sold out you want to talk about a way to 
to sell some tickets to have a hit on the Disney Channel. Dang. Uh, I remember, I mean, I had never heard of it. I hadn't, I didn't have kids at the time. They said, yeah, it's the number one album for this year, High School Musical. So that, that was my first. So that's, yeah. that was a, that was exciting for me to be playing sold out arenas. Uh, and then Christina was, you know, that was actually a really great band. The show was, was really cool. So that was a standout. That was a big challenge for me because I came in with just a couple of weeks and had to learn the choreography and all the stuff. But probably, the, I mean, the Stevie stuff, Songs in the Key of Life, was, was absolutely yeah. the coolest musical thing I've ever done as a tour. Sure. i got to let you go because I know you got to pick up the kids. Yeah, it's the only yeah. thing that will keep us from doing something crazy just playing guitar all day. Is, <laughs> is, Which is not a bad thing. It's real world, but... I uh, really appreciate you having us over here. It's nice to be in your man cave here. I see you got these big road cases from all your, your yeah, tours. Yeah, some of them are as big as a refrigerator. Yeah, most of, of them are full of broken stuff, but some of them have some good <laughs> stuff in them. I know the feeling. I got some <laughs> it's questionable stuff at, you know, at my house, too. Questionable gear. Like, it's you love it, but it's like, oh, it's, <laughs> it's that one wire somewhere it needs to be. And then you got the Mesa Boogie today. You're running through the uh, Transatlantic. It looks the like Transatlantic, which they no longer make. But yeah, yeah. I love. I love. This is I. To me, of all the stuff, this is their best clean amp. Yeah. Uh, but on tour, I use the Mark Fives. I love the Mark Fives. Is that Fives. a Mark V that hit? This is a mini Mark V. Oh, because yeah. yeah, it looks like one, but it's so mini. I love it. Yeah, yeah. This is this is great for getting around. Um, yeah. That's... Well, anything else going on you want to mention? That you're, I mean, what's you got the? Uh, what's going Janet, on? Um, uh, you Janet know, Jackson like, festivals coming up. And got I'm the sure... Janet Jackson stuff coming up. I'm. Uh, we just finished recording a, a TV show, a house band. What? Uh, Can you talk about it? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's called Superfan, and it's supposed to air September, October. We we did all six episodes last month. Uh, Lenny Wee is a music director. He's an incredible, brilliant musician who uh, actually, before this, I've worked with him a ton, but he was usually in the background. He ran Pro Tools and oh, no did shit. arrangements for Ricky Minor for a ton of stuff for, for the last 15 years. Uh, but he uh, he got to, to get out front and, and play keys, and he did an amazing job. So what's super the, fan. What's that, the concept of the super fans? Is it about stalkers? It's... <laughs> no, kinda. Yeah. No, so so basically, that each episode is dedicated to uh, an artist. So the Pitbull did one. Uh, Shania Twain did one. Yeah. Gloria Stefan, who is amazing. Yeah. Uh, Kelsey Ballerini. Let's see if I can remember all of them. Little Big Town. Cool. And LL Cool J. I think that was it. Uh, so each each one of them had their own episode, and various fans, you know, their biggest fans would come on the show and compete against each other to see who was their biggest super fan oh, of all right. time. And we were the house band, so we did we would do like a medley of songs with the with the artist and then we would also play So how do know, they show they're the biggest super fan? By their stocking capabilities or their singing and remembering every lyric? <laughs> remembering so they're they're you know, rem- being able to identify songs, being able to identify moments in the yeah artist's life that's a cool cool concept where, yeah you know it, i didn't like really a, understand what it was until we started doing it is um, it a network show or it's a network show it's on cbs and it's uh i think sometime in the fall september or october well, so that you, that's coming up i did a, a grammy salute to paul simon holy shit. which is uh, yeah. another tv thing that i think is coming on later this year we re-recorded it and you're everywhere man you played at the white house with stevie wonder I, you just did yeah. kennedy center honors this yeah, year yeah that, that's we've been doing the kennedy center honors 
with Ricky for seven years now. Um, so that's been a great gig. It's an honor to do that. We uh, playing with Timothy B. Schmidt uh, from the Eagles. I, I just his album's about to come out. I, we recorded a bunch of stuff on that. Oh, great. Um, uh, be on the lookout for the Legally Blind stuff. We're we're trying to get back on the road and do some stuff. Oh, cool. Uh, Guapale has an album coming out that I co-wrote a bunch of stuff on. Sweet. Um, and uh, trying to get my own stuff yeah. together finally. I've got some, you know, some songs that are finished and some that are in various stages of doneness. That uh, hopefully yeah. I'll get uh, something put out this year. I know. I know that feeling. Yeah. Well, yeah. man, you are busy and deservedly so. Oh man, thank you. And uh, as are you. Congrats on everything, man. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, but uh, the uh, the level of different shit that you do is pretty staggering. I don't so, know. I don't know how it happened, but I'm, yeah, I'm thankful to be all here. All over the map, and you haven't moved to Nashville yet. <laughs> no, I, I. You know, it's, it's been. I've considered it at times. <laughs> uh, my wife Erin, she's in the music business too. She works at uh, Capitol Records. Dude, thank you for doing this today. Yeah, I, really I hope you got it. some good stuff, and oh, yeah. and there's enough non sloppy playing it alive on to my ninety five, my, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Whoa, the time is safe.